You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Luke chapter 4. Now we have been talking about the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. For those that may have missed previous sessions, this is, we're already quite far now. All of our messages, you can't get them on various podcasts, media, and or on our live stream. They are stored there for a while, and you can go and catch up. We've been talking about the word Christ. Everybody say Christ. As we've learned, Christ is a Greek word. It's translated from the Hebrew word Messiah. Messiah in the Hebrew literally means the anointed one. The anointed one. Everybody say anointed. Anointed Christ Messiah. They are exactly the same words. There's not even a slight skip. You know, sometimes you try and find a similar word in English and then you have to kind of explain it sometimes. You don't always, a lot of languages don't have exact words, but you find one that's close and then may have to fill it in with a few adjectives. But the word Messiah, Christ, and anointed one are exactly the same meaning. Exactly the same. Why? Because what makes Messiah, Messiah, the anointed one, Hamashiach, is when you put the anointing on him. With the anointing is what makes him the anointed one. Like if I threw water on you, we could call you a wet one. But you wouldn't be wet if there wasn't water on you. So the wet and the water go together. The anointed one and his anointing goes together. So we are, we are looking into this because the reason we say this is, and I have to say this every time for the sake of those that may not have heard it, because I still see sometimes when someone sees a post on one of our social media and then they want to question us because now I realize you haven't been in the meeting. You're still challenging this from a religious perspective where we think that Christ is the equivalent to Jesus' name. Now we talk about Christ's name, but Christ's name is coming from Jesus, but even J-E-S-U-S is not the name above all names. He was given the name after his death. Isn't that right? That name is yad heh vav Those four Hebrew letters that talk about the Lord talk about God most high. So when we say the name, we're talking about a name that even in the Hebrew can't be pronounced. It's the breathable name of God. <laughs> you can put it that way. It's, it's that name that's above every name, that every knee bows to, every tongue confesses. And then, in, but when you say Jesus, you're invoking that name. See, it's the same way my wife, when she uses my name, bag, she gets what Alan Bag gets. She doesn't have to explain it. When she puts that card down and they see Bag, they will honor that as if though it was me there. Are you with me? So that when you say Jesus, you're invoking the name above all names. The reason I'm saying all of that because Jesus is the name that he wore when he was on the earth as the man. But he's, he is actually Emmanuel, God with us. In fact, in the beginning, he's the word before he even had the name Jesus. So Jesus is the name that everybody on the earth, when they saw him in the flesh body, that's what they called him. He wasn't called Christ like it was his surname. Mary's surname wasn't Christ. Joseph's surname. 
So the word Christ is a description. And that's what we, we're working through here, is that I want that revelation to come. So when you see Christ, yes, you will see the name of Jesus, but also look at it, what's it saying in its context? Because that anointed, why did he use the word Christ and not Jesus? So when you say Christ, you're talking about the anointed one and what that anointing does. And in that context, you will see either we're talking about the anointing of the anointed one, or we're talking about the person that's anointed, that still brings that anointing into your life. And so as you, as you study this out, you'll become more and more, if you're aware of it, you become more and more effective at understanding what Scripture is saying. How many of you noticed, since we've been talking about it, the scriptures have opened up to you? Let me see your hand. Uh, praise God. So in that context, we're having a look at what this Christ is as the anointed one. How important is it to us as believers? And we see Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he opened the book and found Isaiah 61. Now, it didn't say Isaiah 61 when he read it, but today it's numbered. So that's where you and I would have turned to, Isaiah 61, and he read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendants, sat down, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Notice, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me too. There's always purpose for the anointing. The anointing is not just so that we have a nice buzz in church. It's not just so we can have a Holy Ghost rolling party. Now, when the anointing comes on us, then that can happen. But if I'm knocked down by the anointing, when I get up, I want to see change. Because the anointing brings change. It brings deliverance. It brings healing. It brings provision. It brings whatever the curse tried to destroy in your life. That anointing, according to Isaiah, says the anointing removes the burden and destroys the yoke. The anointing will destroy. There's anything in your life that you know is because of the curse, you can trust God and apply that anointing to destroy it completely. Destroy that curse out of your life and that, that anointing can bring the full blessing of God to bear in your life. Hallelujah. Now, when we say the anointing, what are we talking about? And under the old covenant, you'll see, particularly in the New King James, is when it talks about the anointing is that which the burden shall be removed, the yoke destroyed because of the anointing oil. Under the old covenant, they used the oil as a type and shadow. But when we talk about Jesus being anointed, he was, didn't have oil poured on him. How was he anointed? Well, Acts chapter 10, verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive God shows no partiality in every nation. Whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, 
preaching peace through Jesus, the anointed one. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed through all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What word was it that Jesus preached? Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, with, not with oil, with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Notice again, the anointing had purpose. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. So the anointing today is no longer a thing. It's not a substance. It is a person. Say that. The anointing is a person. It's the person... It's the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. We don't have time to teach that today, but you'll see Jesus referring to him as him all the time. When I go, I will send him. And say, when I go, I'll send you some energy. No, he will send him. So when the Holy Spirit, but when the Holy Spirit's present, you will experience energy. What energy? Spiritual power. That's, that's the person of the Holy Spirit presence of the Holy Spirit. So the anointing, what made Jesus the anointed one? The anointing, who is the anointing? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit has come upon Jesus for the purpose of healing all. There's reason and purpose behind the anointing. Well, last time we were together, we had a look at that, that the different manifestations of the anointing, we see that God gives us the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, which are anointings from Christ himself. He is the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. He has the spirit without measure, but then God deposits those spirits with measure in different individuals. And the reason those anointings are in the fivefold ministry is in order to equip every one of us to walk in our call. So no matter what God has called you for, there is an anointing to do it. You never have to feel inadequate again. That's good news. How many you believe God has called you to something great? I want every hand in the air. Keep the hand up, say, God has called me to great things. And today, I received that calling, and I know He has already anointed me to fulfill that. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20? Well, let's first read Ephesians 4, 7. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the anointed one's gift. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. All the promises of God in Him are... Yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in the anointed one, in his anointing, has anointed us, is God. Say that, I have been anointed by God. So the point I'm making here is, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were born again. You were born into Christ. Say that. When I was born again, I was born into Christ. Well, if I threw you into a pool, what would you be? Why? Because there's water in it. 
And now the water, you're in the water. So when you're born again, not only do you receive Christ in you, you are also in Christ. So if Christ is the anointed one, because of the anointing, the Holy Spirit, you are in the anointed one. Therefore, you're in anointing. Say that when I'm in the anointed one, I am in the anointing. And if I'm in the anointing, then the anointing is all over me. That makes me anointed. I want you to become so aware of this because it's not like, God, where are you? You gotta just know, God's in you, God's over you, God's all around you, I am anointed. There is nothing that can stand against you, family. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he who he, the anointing that's in you than he that is in the world. If the anointing is for you, who can be against you? Why? Because it's no longer our love. It's the anointed one. His anointing that lives in me. Glory to God. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. Well, if the last hour was almost 2,000 years ago, I would have to update that to this is the last seconds. How many of you would say amen? This is the last hour. How many of you can tell by what's happening in the world? We are close. I mean, this world has gone crazy like crazy cannot be described. Ridiculously crazy. Now, we're going to talk about that. You're going to see this is what it is. You, you begin to understand. I don't know what's happening in the world. Let me help you. It's the last hour. Say it's the last hour. And you have heard the Antichrist is coming. Now, you know, Jesus is coming. He said, I'm coming back. In fact, he said soon, 2,000 years ago. So Jesus is coming back. But before he comes, when Jesus left the earth, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower his church. But you notice he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Why? Because there's a God of this world. He says, don't let it get you. Be of good courage because I have overcome the world. But he did warn us that when the word is sown, when the word is spoken, what happens? Satan will come immediately to steal that word. So if he knows Jesus is coming, he's going to come before. Because he needs to get hold of you before Jesus gets back. He needs to try and unsettle the church, try and destroy everything Jesus did to try and make sure he can retain this earth that he has, that he thinks he has. So notice it says the Antichrist is coming. Now when we think Antichrist, you know, we always think of the devil taking over the world. Now that is going to happen. He's going to try that. We know that's going to happen. But that's not only what he's talking about. Again, if Christ is not Jesus' surname, then Antichrist is not the devil's name. What does Antichrist mean? 
Well, translate and meditate. What does Christ mean? The anointed one and his anointing. What's anti mean? Against. So what's anti mean? Against, antichrist. Against the anointed one and his anointing. Now, if you get that, you're going to understand what John says here, because a lot of people have misunderstood what John wrote here, and I've heard all kinds of junk said about it, but we've got to get back to what the Word of God says. Antichrist doesn't just mean evil. Antichrist is if someone's against the anointing of the anointed one. So, for example, I am anointed to Heal. Well, I don't believe healing's for today. Well, then you're anti the anointing. See, the anointing is sent to heal. Well, I don't believe in healing. Well, then you don't believe in the anointing still can do what it does. Then what's the anointing? Why, why are we talking about Christ? You believe in Christ? Yes, amen. Well, then what's that mean? Because I believe in the anointing. So I believe in water, but it doesn't wet anymore. I don't believe wet's for today, but the water's here, yes? How are you gonna get water without wet? Oh, come on, you gotta get a hold of this. See, you, you, uh, you're gonna see now why I'm pressing this issue. Because you'll be amazed what people will say without realizing what they are saying. I don't believe in this prosperity thing. Hang on, you've been anointed. God gives you power to get wealth. Well, what power are we talking about? You think there's one power for rich and there's another power where God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. With the Holy Spirit, with the anointing always comes power. So again, if you have power, the anointing, it'll destroy poverty. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, then the anointing must have stopped. Because with the anointing comes power that will destroy poverty. Shout amen. amen. So now, when you understand anti-Christ, I'm not calling someone evil. You can love Jesus and go to heaven and still be anti-the anointing. That means you can love Jesus, go to heaven, but never see his power manifesting in fullness. You getting this? So the one that's against the anointing is coming. Even now. When's now? That's one word that updates itself every time you say it. So when John wrote this, it was true. And today it's true for you. Today, now is now. When? 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 See, so right now, many antichrists have come. What's he saying? It's not just the antichrist. There are a lot of people that will be against this anointing. 
by which we know it's the last hour. Now listen to this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they, were, that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. How many of you know everything? I just read it to you and you still... <laughs> Let me see, how many of you are born again? Put your hand down. How many of you are anointed? You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. How many of you know everything? See, now your brain may not know it yet, but the one who knows everything is living inside of you. How? By this anointing. Verse 21, I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one? Notice, not that denies Jesus. People can accept Jesus and still deny the anointing. Now, they may never say, I deny Christ. They may not even say, I deny the anointing. But they may say, I deny that healing takes place today. That is denying the anointing. And in Greek, it's denying Christ. We have to say amen or ouch. There's only two responses to that. So I have to be cautious about what I say is not today and what's not. Because if the Holy Spirit is the one that brings that power and removes burdens and destroys yokes, and I don't accept the fullness of that anointing, then I'm denying that Jesus is the Christ. And what does he say? That's a liar. I didn't say it. He said it. John said it. Say, John said it. Look at verse 22. Who is a liar? He who denies that Jesus is the anointed one. He is anti-Christ. Anti the anointing. Who denies the Father and the Son. Now whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And in this is the promise that He has promised us. Eternal life. Now these things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Listen to it. Those who try to deceive you, the anointing which you've received from him abides in you. You do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, see, a lot of people say, you see, we don't need teachers today. Well, that would negate Ephesians chapter 4. Because we learned last week, God gives some to be apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, and? So evidently God thinks we need teachers. So this is not saying you don't need a teacher. Because at the end of the day, as right now I am in the anointing of teaching, so as I said before, you don't need the anointing of father now, I don't need the anointing of husband now, don't need even the anointing of pastor right now. Right now I'm walking in the anointing of teacher. But you understand that as I teach, I'm not teaching you by natural knowledge. It's still the Holy Spirit in me. So it's still the anointing teaching you. So it's not a man teaching you. So that's number one. Number two, what is he talking here? What's the context? The Antichrist. So how do we know who's Antichrist and who's not? He says, you have the anointing in you. You will know. You will know. In other words, once you understand the anointing, once you understand the anointed one as the anointing, that it's the anointing that removes burdens, it's the anointing that destroys yokes, it's the anointing that heals, it's the anointing that delivers, it's the anointing that breaks poverty and brings prosperity, it's the anointing that illuminates, it's the anointing that teaches. When you understand that, when somebody gets up and says, healing's not for today, you don't, don't, don't know. Everything, all the alarms go off. That is anti the anointed one. You don't need anyone to teach you that. Because the anointing in you has awakened. You're alert to that anointing. And because you're alert to the anointing, you don't even need me. When you're sitting at home watching YouTube and they throw a video at you, you start watching that, you don't need pastor and say, no, 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 don't watch that, don't watch that. You have the anointing. You go, that is anti-Christ. Hallelujah. Now you have, now you're equipped with the ability to stand against and say, no, that's anti-Christ. And you're not calling the person evil or despicable or no, it's not even calling them the devil. It is anti the anointed one. It's anti that anointing. And if you get that, and you understand that, let's use the analogy, it gets a little thin now, but because it, it, it's natural, we're talking about spiritual matters, but imagine water makes you wet, and you see something that's anti-water, you'll start to feel dry. You say, no, I wanna stay wet. But if I keep watching, if you, in other words, if, if, if what you're watching is like a, you know, the super soaking cloths, it's just sucking the anointing out of you. The more you watch it, the more it'll drain the anointing. It's anti the anointing. It'll stop. You may say, I love Jesus, hallelujah, I believe that, amen. But now there's no power. Now you understand why the enemy will use things. Just I'm just watching to, I just want to know what the other side thinks. It's anti the anointing. It's, try, it's, not, it's not trying to get you to go to hell. It's trying to stop the power from working in your life. Just need to put a little question mark. Did God really say, are you sure? Is he trying to keep something from you? Are you? That's anti the anointing. 
It's to stop. The devil doesn't care if you sing songs. He doesn't care if you read the Bible. It's when you open your mouth and power comes out of it. That he wants to stop. Everything he did in someone's life took 30 years to crush this person's life and destroy them. And they don't, they just want to kill themselves and go to hell. And you step in and one application anointing, bam, destroys that. And that person's born again. That's 30 years of work gone in a second. He doesn't want people walking around like that, can just throw the name of Jesus and destroy everything he's done. He's got to stop you any way he can. How does he do that? Short circuit this anointing. How does he do it? Come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus. This is going to transform people today. Are you ready? Now I'm asking, are you ready? Because I'm going to start messing in some of the things that are antichrist. How much do you want this anointing in your life? Look at verse 25. Now I'm reading from the King James. It's just put slightly different. The New King James, I think, just stepped a little away from what this anointing is. It's still there, but if you look at it from the original, it's, it's quite clear. So that's why I'm reading King James now. Normally I read from the New King James. Wherefore, which means therefore, I notice Pastor Gary's always King James. He, he, he uses King James because that's the Bible Paul used, you know. So he thinks it, if it's good for Paul, it's good for him. Okay, for those that are new, joke. <laughs> People think Paul spoke in Elizabethan English. No. All right, so let's get back to the word. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry. Sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now notice, there is a sin aspect to angry. That's what we need to look at. So you understand that there is a way. God can be angry. But he never sins in that anger. And that's where a lot of people miss it. We're going to have a look at what that is. Notice. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Now why would God say that? Now this may not be... True for everyone, but every married couple knows what this means. Just about to put the lights off and something happens. Well, we'll talk about this in the morning and then put the light off. That is a dangerous thing to do. Now, why is it dangerous? Well, God wants everybody happy. No, no, there's a reason. And we're going to dig into that. Don't let anger Hang there and don't sin in that anger. Don't give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. 
Rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Only that which is good, use it for edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, family, the implication is that all the things, you lose your temper, you get angry, you speak ugly about someone, you do horrible things. Then what's that doing? You're grieving the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were sealed to the day of redemption. Listen to this. Let all bitterness, all wrath, anger, clamor. What's clamor? Shouting, angry shouting. Let all evil speaking be put away with you, put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another. Why? Be tender hearted, forgiven, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now for a long time before I understood this revelation, read that, God forgave you for his sake because he wants you in heaven more than you want to be there. Now that is true. And that can be read there. God forgave you, therefore you should forgive others. Forgive other people because he's forgiven you. That's that's being kind. Because he's forgiven you, you should forgive everyone. But read it the way it's written. God has forgiven you. For what reason? For the sake of the anointed one. Okay, I don't think everybody got that. Yes, amen. No, no, no. Listen, the anointed one and his anointing. How many of you want the anointing working in your life? It cannot work in your life unless he forgives you. Because if he forgives you, he removes the sin from your life. And by removing the sin from your life, now the anointing can flow. So God needed the anointing alive in the earth and he does it in you, through you. He works in the body of the anointed one for that anointing to flow. He had to first forgive you. Yes, he forgave you to get you out of hell. Yes, he forgave you because he loves you. Yes, he forgave you because he wants for you. But the primary purpose is he wanted back in the earth. And he can only be in the earth through someone who has yielded their life completely. Now he can move through them. And the devil knows that. And if he can get you angry with someone, grieved with someone, lose your temper with that person, start saying ugly things, batter, just be emotional abuse, just, I don't know that person. What happens? You empty the anointed one. And that anointing stops working in your life. 
And now all of a sudden, I don't understand why things are always going wrong. But you're always fighting with someone. I just understand why I just can't ever meet my bills. Yeah, but you're skinner, skinner, skinner there. <laughs> See, we don't put the two together. And why I'm always sick. Look at what you're saying. What are you doing? What are you doing? Not just you, me too. Got, what is it? Sometimes the devil attacks just because he attacks. It's not like everything goes wrong is, you know, that's the devil's fault. Jesus even had Satan come against him. But if something keeps showing up in my life, and I'm wondering, what is that? But in the meantime, on the sidelines, I'm still, you know, moaning, complaining. Everything's a problem. Angry. Not forgiving people. When I say forgive them, you know, I forgive them, but I, you know, I just don't forget. No, no, I'm talking about total, like, like, like you can sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. Why? That's how Jesus forgave you. Why? For the purpose of the anointing. Can you see? When, we, when I've started by saying antichrist, we thought of the devil. Then later on, we thought about people who don't come to this church. But now we've come right home, haven't we? I said, there's only two responses. Read this from the message translation. Read, look at the message. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit is moving and breathing in you, is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting talk, all backbiting talk. All profane talk. Be gentle with one another. Sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in this anointed one forgave you. Family, it's for the sake of the anointing. It's not just so God can say, look how nice and friendly my church is. It's for the anointing. See, I don't know when I need to lay hands on someone. So I dare not have an argument with you. And then walk out the house and say something ugly. And that's the last thing I said to someone. And all of a sudden I need to raise someone from the dead. I need to know the anointing's working in full power in my life at all times. I don't want to go to sleep having just had an argument with my wife and we're angry with one another. Well, we just see you tomorrow. And turn over because the devil doesn't sleep. That antichrist is still at work and who knows what he can do in those sleeping hours 
And I'm trusting God for angels to surround our house, to protect us, to keep me in the sleep. Even in the, when I'm in the dark hours, he still speaks to my spirit. I've got things I need to hear from heaven. I've got things working in my spirit. I've got you know, faith projects on the go. I've got, come on, it's not just me. It's my family. It's the spiritual family. It's the ministry. It's the word. Lives that are, people are going to get saved this Sunday coming up. I have to be, make sure the anointing's alive in my life. I don't have time to argue and moan and complain. Let's get rid of this. Let's sort it out right Yeah. If you need to be, me forgive you, I'll forgive you. I don't care if it was me or not. I'll just, just, let's put it aside for the sake of the anointing. I will never, I don't want to be anti-Christ. See, Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent. What's repent mean? Change the way you see, change the way you think, change the way you act. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, for the remissions of sins, and then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the promise is to you and to your children, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Family, the reason the Holy Spirit entered into your life is because you made a decision to change. And on that confession, God gave you the anointing. Now protect it. Protect the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Protect the anointing. I mean, I got to a place when, like, I come up here and minister. How many you can sense when I speak, the anointing's working? Let me see. Five people, six. Okay. Now, that's not by accident. I protect the anointing. We had to make a decision, Janine and myself. You do understand that we sometimes have some things we need to discuss seriously. We never fight, we just discuss seriously. <laughs> but we made a covenanted decision together. Starting on Saturday, all that gets put aside. I don't care how offended I can get, I don't care how upset I can get, we, we don't bring it up. Because we found, you just have to say, we'll talk about this on Monday, talk about what? No, I'm not gonna talk about it now. Just, just tell me, then we can, and then you say it, next time, there it goes. But I have to be ready for what I'm doing here on a Sunday. So we work together for that. We, we, neither one of us are anti-Christ. So we protect that. And so I have to watch who I speak to, what I read, who I listen to. Sometimes people would stop me as I'm coming to the pulpit. Oh, so-and-so is here and they said this and that. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now I've got that thing working in me, and I have to teach. So people think, you know, why does he need to keep private? Why does he need? No, it's part of what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's because of the anointing. Amen. God's more powerful. Yeah, but he has to move through a willing vessel, a yielded vessel. And I know my mind. I understand. I've been with this mind for 60 years. <laughs> And I know what it can do. I know where it wants to go. It's like, maybe you can control it. God bless you. You can talk about anything and get up here and preach. Knock yourself out, tiger. But me, I've got certain things I have to watch. 
Are you with me? So I put those checks and balances around me. Why? For the anointing sake. Why am I saying this? Because I want to encourage you to do the same thing. You know what your trigger points are. You know. You know. Even when we know what it is, we're still like, tell me, tell me, tell me. No, for the anointing's sake, I may, someone can say something. And even sometimes Janine will say, we'll talk about this on Monday. Ah, yes, we will. I won't even, just, just, just an hors d'oeuvre. No, because I know me. We'll settle it. For the anointing's sake, I stay focused. I want to encourage you today, family. You're born again. You have the Holy Spirit. You know what your trigger points are. Meditate on it. Think about it. What's been anti-Christ? What's anti the? What's trying to stop the anointing in my life? And you'll begin to recognize it. That's not just someone being ugly to me. That's not just this being a problem. It's not just that. No, when I watch that, it stops this anointing. That's where the Antichrist is getting into my life. That's it. That's the last time I watch those things ever again. Never, never again. It's not that it's sin. It's for you. That particular subject is Antichrist. Stop it. Stop it. It's not just don't sin so you don't go to hell. No, I know what dries up my awareness. The Holy Spirit never dries up. It's not like, oh, you shut down the anointing. No, the anointing only flows through willing and healed vessels. And if you understand that, then you recognize, okay, that was Antichrist. So I'm not going to let that influence me anymore. Hallelujah. See, when you're aware of the anointing, you can walk into a room and go, Antichrist, let me walk out. See, now you're aware and you will watch the power in your life go to another level. All of a sudden, you start speaking and the weather listens. How many want that kind of life? Is it worth protecting the anointing? Give him praise if you got something this morning. Hallelujah. Come, let's stand together. <laughs> Something just tickled me now is that we were talking about this at home when I was just sharing this revelation with the family. It wasn't long after that, that a few little things got in. That's Antichrist. That's Antichrist. <laughs> okay, guys, it's not a weapon. Amen. It's not like now you've got a new club. Amen. And tell your wife, that's Antichrist. You know that's not going to go well. Amen. But if we're all aware of it, then we understand. Amen. Let's work together as a family. Let's keep the anointing strong in our family. Amen.